Hello and welcome to Who's Truth, Who's Power, a six-part podcast produced in partnership with Banff Centre for Arts and Creativity. I'm Suzanne Allen, a cultural thinker, and I'm going to be exploring leadership and other topics through the lens of Indigenous wisdom. Over the next six episodes, I'm going to be talking to experts who can give us some insights into how Indigenous and First Nations wisdom can help us all consider why thinking about power from a non-Western perspective could help us, our communities, organisations and our wider society live happily. Today, I have the pleasure of meeting with Howard R. Jang, Executive and Artistic Director at the Art Spring Art Centre. So, Howard, what a joy it is to be talking to you again. Like, really see you. Uh, anyone listening can't see the grin across my face, but I hope they can hear it. I'm going to start off by saying, where are you and what do you do? But also, what were you doing when we first met? <laughs> well, I try not to. Uh, that's The introduction is sort of an odd one for me. Uh, I am wonderfully located on the very west coast of Canada. I'm on a very small island, uh, a very small uh, population of 10,000 people called Salt Spring Island, um, which is uh, the unceded territory and the ancestors of Salt Spring um, are, are very much uh, related to our indigenous relationships. And I'm surrounded by the Coast Salish Seas, um, and it's, uh, I'm, I'm in a, a, a beautiful environment, nature-filled environment. Um, and um, my role is, uh, uh, as the... Uh, head of a community art center called Art Spring um, uh, here on Salt Spring Island. And it's a lovely, small little organization that is really committed to engaging our community through, uh, um, through, the, through the arts and, and, and building those key relationships and understanding how we, um, how we actually are part of the health and well-being of our community. But when we met, I was at the Banff Center, and that was uh, now it just seems uh, eons ago. It's a few years back, I guess, and 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 we met uh, uh, at a as you as I recall very uh, very warmly at the, at a at a conference in Guadalajara, and uh, and um, my role at Banff Center was uh, as uh, vice president of arts and leadership and oversaw the programming of Banff Center. Um, and it was that in that relationship that you and I, I know, first began our journey together. And uh, it's been a tremendous opportunity to continue to engage with you, Suzanne. And I'm, I'm so looking forward to the conversation we're about to have. Brilliant. So let's let's dive uh, straight in. Otherwise, I'm just going to eat up all our time being um, a Howard Yang fan club person. And brilliant as that would be, it's not what we're here for. So one of the things that was really, really interesting to me when we started talking was this idea that you were VP at um, Banff and that this uh, a big part of Banff's remit uh, given the land that it's on, is around Indigenous wisdom and knowledge and le- leadership. And I remember some really interesting conversations where you said, well, I am not part of that community. And so you really got what many of our audience will get, which is looking from the outside in, which is also quite a terrifying prospect, actually. You know, you don't want to make a mistake. What does Indigenous mean? What, you know... 
What we're going to do today is focus on um, this idea of power and community. And I'm really keen for these podcasts to be a way in which people can think about how you can apply what we're talking about to your to your own life. Um, and so let me just kick off this, this question. What does power mean to you? Like, how would you describe it? How would you define it? It's, uh, um, you know, it's evolved uh, uh, significantly for myself um, uh, um, over the over the, the 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 last several years, and and a lot of it doing with what you have just uh, referenced, which is um, uh, really um, sense making. I guess maybe is a good word. Uh, understanding um, the concept of of power as it relates to. Um, and and this is a very much a Canadian, I would say, um, 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 framework because of the um, uh, work that was done um, and the commitments and calls to action from 2015 around truth and reconciliation um, 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 in our country, and really. Um, Accepting and understanding the uh, importance and the critical relationships that we have um, with our indigenous communities, and how does that actually um, 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 inform the way in which we think about how we make decisions and and, and power, uh, and where power actually is placed? And so, I've been fortunate. My career has placed me in many power-making decision uh, kinds of frameworks. I've I've led different uh, uh, um, uh, organizations uh, of different disciplines in the arts, uh, orchestras, ballet companies, theater companies. Um, uh, I, I've, I've taught in academia. Um, and, and, you know, this idea that power, in the beginning for me was, was very much about kind of the old power values um, of, 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 uh, of the appearance, the control and influence and authority. But I want to, put another word in front of that, which is the appearance of control, power, and authority, uh, and influence. And, and, and I really, really want to bring that back to the sense that if I look back at my career, that power, I, I thought I had power. I thought that I actually had influence, and I thought I had control. And, you know, as, in, as I thought about your question in 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 in, uh, in in preparing for this conversation, it also became a a, a thought around power being a, a form of energy and attitude, and also really thinking through that uh, that part of it. So, the old power values of managerialisms and institutionalisms, and you know, representational governance and these kinds of things, was a big part of of what I thought I was responsible for and doing. And what has evolved into a much better understanding around, and you use the phrase wise practice and wise, um, uh, wise approaches. And that has really evolved from my work at BAMP Center to really understanding about that, that, that we are actually in circle in the way that we think about, um, uh, the power of, of, uh, of the way we work together. Um, and I think I'll just say, as we move into this conversation, this idea of what opportunities that exist for us to remove barriers 
is a form of power and a form of way of really thinking about uh, um, what that actually means to us uh, in, in terms of that. But, you know, really underscoring all of this is around this discussion, this uh, this conversation that is now happening very openly in our, in, certainly in Canada, around the uh, understanding of the role of um, um, indigenous knowledge and beliefs really informing the way in which we engage and learn and decision make um, uh, as well. And so that's where I'm now finding the space to, to really think about this question. I think that um, some of the things that you've touched on there, I'm already going, oh, we're just not going to have enough time. But I want to jump in this idea of in-circle and it really, it, it feels like it harks back a little to what Cynthia was saying. So if you haven't heard that, jump back to that podcast as well. But but explain a bit more. Is it, is it, yeah, just explain a bit more what you mean by in circle. Well, in circle um, is, you know, I think uh, it's a great visualization, I think, in the way in which we think about um, um in, in many of the gatherings that, that, that I now find myself in, we, we find ourselves really thinking about, first and foremost, how are you showing up? What, what are you bringing into the circle? Um, what have been the, 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 the um, things that have informed the way you are today? Um, and, and this, this harkens back to your, your reference to wise practice because, and in the thinking of, of how I understand what wise practice is meant to really um, embrace is this um, um, real sincere opportunity to really listen deeply to understand where we are coming from and, um, and, and how that is as important to establish and be aware of and feel before you can really begin to have the, the conversation that you are hoping to have. And I think this comes down to this idea of what is deep listening. We've, we've heard that phrase a, a lot over the last little while around really um, leading from a place of listening. And this is I think what being in circle is about is around the uh, this, the act of listening without judgment, without conclusion, without um, uh, um, a feel that you need to engage um, uh, specifically. And I'll tell you a quick story. I was part of this group of, of leaders that meet every month and and it was a wonderful uh, engaging group and sometimes you miss a meeting. And so you uh, watch the recording of that group. And I, I missed a meeting not too long ago, and I went back to watch the recording of that gathering. And it, it was a recording of the Zoom call. And so you saw all the squares on the, on the, on the screen. And they were in deep conversation on a particular topic. Um, and I so wanted to engage because I, I'm used to this group. I so wanted to take myself off mute and 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 make a re- put my hand up and 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 make a remark or an observation, but I couldn't because it was a recording. And 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 what I realized is that it it forced me to listen differently. 
it forced me to listen so, uh, in a way that allowed me to actually fully be present without having to um, um, feel like I needed to say something or I needed to actually, uh, um, um, you know, be the smartest guy in the room or whatever those kinds of, you know, moments are in which you find yourself as a leader thinking, you know, I, 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 need, to, I need to be differently present. And so this idea of this moment of really being forced to deeply listen to my colleagues and their conversation allowed me to actually process in a much more, I would say insightful, but certainly with a lot more clarity of thought and ability to actually reflect and process in a much more, uh, I felt more valuable way. So this idea of deep listening is something that I, I'm, I'm still really trying to learn and understand about the power of it and the role it can play and how that reflects upon the way in which we engage with each other. So, thank you. I think I I want to just take some of that and see if I can understand it and thread it together. So, in this idea of being in that circle, part of it is the circle idea is that you you really hear. Uh, you may have the power, but it's almost like you're sharing and someone's sharing back with you. So, in terms of Power, if I'm really listening to what you're saying, whether I have agency over you, so whether I, in on paper, whether I can make decisions that affect you, uh, which is really well, the definition of power that we're working to, if I'm really listening and I'm really engaged, then how I use my power potentially becomes very different and if you take that in the wider context of some of the other conversations we've had on this podcast this idea that you have to consider both your ancestors the future you have to really understand that we're totally interconnected whether that's the planet and the earth whether it's climate uh whether it is elders youngers uh those that we would say are more marginalized if you're really listening in circle with those other people, actually your decisions will be impacted by how you're listening. Is that is that right? Yes, absolutely. Uh, but but it, it's 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 in addition to how your decisions are impacted, it's also in the way in which you come to those decisions, because you're becoming much more intuitively aware of why we're having the conversation we're having. <laughs> You know, and why the conversation may have gone a certain way is because of what you've learned about where, how people are showing up. And, and you're able to really build that context into the way in which the conversation can continue to, uh, um, advance. And so I think, I think that's part of it. It's, um, um, you know, it's, it, it I find often, um, and, and this, this is, you know, this is why when, I, when we when you asked the first question, when I brought up energy and attitude, because it really what it is about the energy and attitude that you bring to this to this uh, uh, to that place, um, and um, and the other part of this that um, I'd say is that it's constantly evolving, and so there is a 
we've used the phrase many times in, in different contexts, but this is a lifelong learning moment here where you know, you're not going to get it right away. And, and it's going to be a constant kind of, of, of understanding and, 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 and learning. And I really believe in this idea that we have to be, we have to utilize our powers of reflection and powers of learning and powers of, 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 um, um, sense making to continually evolve uh, into 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 this into uh, I would say uh, um, a way in which we all need to be engaged in the world. I think there's something really interesting about what you've said, and for anyone who wants it, I just want to give like a just a, a neuroscience definition of what power is, and this is from Professor Sukvinder Obi, who you know you and I know quite well. Uh, people should look him up. Uh, he's a really good article on our website, Neurology of Power. And he says, I think one of the most accepted and basic definitions is that power is your ability to influence the states of other people. And so when we when we think about what we're saying, it's like you can influence the states of other people, but really in your power making and decisions, how does the states of other people influence you? That's a circular. And the other thing that I want to do is um, a lot of the listeners may not know, but I'm black British, born in the UK. My mum's from Jamaica, my dad's from Barbados. Why am I saying that? Because there's a lot of traditions and customs and beliefs that my mum, my dad and my family came to the UK with that were really scoffed upon. And now, many years later, they are beginning to come through packaged as a, almost as a Western concept. And this idea of deep listening, which is all of a sudden much of the raid in leadership talks um, and filtering out into communities, this is something that's so intrinsic in, uh, in if you're thinking about it from indigenous and wise practice. And I just wanted to bring that in because I think if anyone's listening to this, um, and is thinking, oh, you know, I've just heard about this. These are, this is like, this has underpinned entire communities around the globe. And for many of us, we're only just hearing about it. Um, so just, and even thinking about the power of that, this podcast is whose truth, whose power, right? Well, here's, here is a truth from the indigenous communities around the globe that largely a Western perspective is now claiming as its own as a deep listening tool, but it's always been there. And that's really sums up what we're trying to talk about. I know that we're running out of time, but I just want you to, if it's possible, tell us a little bit very quickly. Um, we've been talking, how can people apply this? Because I'm sitting here, sitting back, going, oh, my goodness, this is blowing my mind. I could apply this to leadership. I could apply this to community, society. How could someone who's not thinking about this in a work context, how is it useful for them? What are some of the ways that you apply it in your daily life? Um, great question. And I'm, I'm actually really pleased that you brought up your background. Um, and I wanted to just quickly mention, you know, that I – I am Chinese Canadian, um, and 
quite recently been working with an organization in, on the West Coast here called a, the Chinatown Storytelling Center, uh, which I love the concept of storytelling, number one. But number two, this has really connected me to who I am in this conversation and, and being able to, I, I feel very honored to be able to um, uh, work in this environment to actually say, to actually learn about traditions and beliefs. And, and I'm realizing, oh my gosh, that's why I am who I am, because I'm, just, I'm, I'm learning about this now. The advice and thinking that about, you know, to your question, it's for me, it's about the concept of foundational principles. It's the concept of really understanding what are my kind of non-negotiables. And when I think about that, I think about the asking myself the question, um, who am I truly in service to? You know, and, and, and what is it that I really want to, uh, uh, what is the impact I truly desire? And I think the most important question is, um, can I really answer the question, what, I'm, what I am committed to? Versus what I'm just attached to, and and this kind of you know unpacking um, of that um, um, has really been helpful for me to kind of really give a sense of foundational basis in which I can I can uh, navigate uh, the world in which I find myself in. I think we're going to wrap up on that because I I can't say anything better. Um, I'm just going to repeat your words back to our audience. What am I committed to versus what am I attached to? Who am I in service of and how am I listening? I think for me, those are some really simple but foundational ways to think about the notion of power. This has been Whose Truth, Whose Power. Uh, We have been speaking to the rather fabulous Howard Yang on the topic of power and community. Thank you so much, Howard. Very briefly, where can people find you if they want to see what you're doing? Are you on Twitter or on Instagram? Uh, I am on Twitter uh, at Howard R. Jang is my Twitter handle. And Instagram is Howard R. Jang as well. The R is very important. It's my middle name. And it it represents uh, the name Ross. And the, the reason why I use the R is because that's the name my father wanted to name me. He wanted to name me Ross. And, and in honor of my father, I've continued to use my middle initial whenever possible. So it's Howard R. Jang. Thank you so much. What a beautiful way to end. Have a lovely day to whoever's listening. Have a beautiful morning, evening, afternoon, wherever you may be. And this has been Whose Truth, Whose Power? If you would like to hear more from my conversation with Howard, tune in to us exploring another topic in the following episode. But for the moment, thank you so much for listening. But you know what? One last thing. If you want to find out more about the work I'm doing on power and the brain, catch me on my socials. The handle for all of them is at Aline and A-L-L-E-Y-N-E-A-N-D. But for the moment, bye and have a good day. Whose Truth, Whose Power was produced in partnership with the Banff Centre for Arts and Creativity and Rai Moran, Associate University Librarian at the University of Victoria. All six episodes were funded by the British Council, Farnham Maltings, the High Commission of Canada in the UK and Canada Council for the Arts. 
a massive thank you to them for funding us and enabling us to do this. The podcasts were hosted and created by me, Suzanne Allen, and produced by the super awesome Isaac Hustable. They were edited by Ruben Huxtable and project managed by the fabulous SJ Martins. For any information or more information about the topics discussed today, head over to allaboutpower.com or aleneand.com. Or if you fancy the socials, we are on at aleneand, A-L-L-E-Y-N-E-A-N-D. Thank you so much to everyone involved and thanks to you for listening.